ready, Ma? I'm ready, Erin. Let's go. Let's go to Hollywood. Los Angeles. Los Angeles, California, 2017. 2017. It was made in 2017. Listeners, this is our first current movie. Oh. <gasps> But it comes about because of a movie we've already done. I mean, come on. Anyone who listens to this knows that we've already done A Star is Born. We did the first remake of A Star is Born because... Actually, we, we did the second remake. There was one before it that wasn't a musical. So wait, we, the one before it, though, that wasn't a musical, that was the original. Right. So we did, yeah, we did the first the remake. first remake. Got it. So there, there Sorry, been, listeners. There have now been four movies. Four movies. A Star is Born. Same plot. Yep. 1937, 1954, 1977 First showing on Friday morning. There had been a nerd nighttime. alert. Yeah, there had been a nighttime showing Thursday night. So I went to the first eleven forty-five showing on Friday in the morning. I park on the lower level of our parking, and the um, elevator stopped at the first level of parking. I thought, well, that's odd. Who else is coming? Well, two senior white overweight women got on the elevator with me and then held the elevator for three more senior white overweight women <laughs> getting on the elevator there were five of us in the elevator and they were just just ch uh, chattering about how excited they were i asked if any of them had seen any of the previous <laughs> ones and one woman didn't even know there had been a previous and i'm saying she was around in 1976 come on Oh, I thought you were going to be like she was around in 1954. Uh, well, she was probably a little girl in 1954 because I was a little girl in 1954. So um, I went, okay, so I'm in the line to buy my ticket with uh, all of these senior women in front of me. So when I went up to the guy, I said, just take a guess. <laughs> and he goes, a star is born, a senior. Got it. So I got in the theater and I had taken my time because, you know, I, I figured how many people are going to be there. And it was not crowded, but it wasn't empty either. I mean, there were there were people there, a couple men whose significant others, one guy, a daughter made him come. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, um, mostly because I'm, I'm going to say because it was 1145 on a Friday morning, it was mostly senior women. Mm. Well, yeah, 
everyone else had to be at jobs. Yeah. And it, it was um, a, a mix of ethnicities, uh, predominantly senior white women. And so what about your experience? Well, my experience, I went to go see it Saturday morning, first showing, 9.50 a.m. I love me a 9.50 a.m. showing. Any showing that starts before 10, I love. So I wasn't really worried about seats because the theater that I go to, I already got my seat in the E row. That's my go-to row because the mm. theater I go to has the recliner lounges. Mm. So I wasn't too worried about it. And then I pull up and I see, I would classify not a mob, but a gang of old white people <laughs> and i laughed in my car because i thought oh my god ma was so right and also i didn't know that there were so many old white people in north hollywood yeah i was like wow you all really just hide or something so I got out and I already have my ticket, so I didn't need to buy it or anything. And I proceed to just follow the gang of old white people. And so I go up the stairs because usually every movie that I go to is upstairs. I go up the stairs. I show the guy my ticket and he prints out the ticket. And he's like, oh, your theater's downstairs. And I'm like, what? Huh? How is that? Where are all the white people Possible. Going? I'm following like all the old white people. I was told explicitly <laughs> that all the old white people are going to see A Star is Born, especially at the early bird hours. <laughs> so I was really confused and I, I looked and sure enough, A Star is Born was playing, but it was the 1050 show and the old people weren't going into there. And so I started to do a bit of a Charlie Brown walk down the stairs because I was very <laughs> flabbergasted and confused. Like, what has just happened here? How am I wrong? And then I looked up and they were all going into the Metrop Metropolitan Opera. Like those things that they have. You know that you yeah. see them at the, the commercials and I'm always like, yeah. who goes to those? Those people do. Well, the ones you don't see in North Hollywood at any other time. I'm like, that's where all the old white people are in North Hollywood. They're going to see the opera at the movie theater. Yeah. So then I made my way downstairs and I chuckled to myself at my faux pas. See, that's why you can't go stereotyping people, Aaron, I said. And I got in <laughs> to the theater and I did take a look around. I'm like, well, let's see who is in here. And yeah, there were older white women, but there was also like Asian women. And it wasn't because I got there early, so it wasn't too terribly crowded. But then more people showed up and I think I had a younger audience. Um, there were a lot of couples there, of like younger people. Um, there were also a couple, a couples of older people. It seemed very diverse. I think mine had more guys in it than yours did. Mm -hmm. And like, I, you know, I couldn't uh, identify what their uh, orientation was. It was. And that's fine. Yeah. I, I was like, oh, okay. Mental note. So that's 
how I began the movie. Well, shall I go into the particulars? Because I have them. Oh, my gosh. I forgot all about the particulars. This is the first time I'm going sans notes and I'm a little nervous. And I do have notes because I'm a professional, apparently. Okay, go, Erin. All right. Particulars. A Star is Born, 2018, directed by Bradley Cooper. It is his directorial film debut. Debut. Written by Eric Roth, who also wrote The Insider, The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, and Forrest Gump, for which he received an Oscar for Best Adapted Screenplay. Hmm. Interesting tidbit. He was also a victim of the Bertie Madoff Ponzi scheme. So that's why he is unable to retire and continues to write. Well, keep writing. Yeah, I mean, it, it he sucks. He lost a lot of money. I'm sorry about that. I am. But he's he's still able to keep his employment as a very... The, the guy's got bona fide credentials. Yeah. Bradley Cooper also co-wrote it, along with Will Fetters. It is based, as we said, on the movie A Star is Born, the original, 1937, screenplay by William Wellman... Robert Carson, Alan Campbell, and Dorothy Parker. Yes, that Dorothy Parker. Of Dorothy Parker and the Vicious Circle. A famous wit. A witticist. I don't know if that word exists in real life. Witticist? Yes, a witticist. I think it should. Side note on Dorothy Parker... She, when upon her death in the 60s, she left her entire estate to Martin Luther King Jr. And then when he died, his family left the estate to the NAACP. And so Dorothy Parker, like there's like a park and stuff. And like she is she's bona fide in the NAACP. And I was Didn't like, we wow. do say something about Dorothy Parker in the past. I don't remember because okay. there was somebody else who left there. Maybe, maybe when we did the 1954 Star is Born and I just didn't remember. Because I'm going to tell you something that's surprising. Spoil the first spoiler alert of this. I cried more reading about Dorothy Parker leaving her estate to Martin Luther King than I cried at A Star is Born. Right. And <laughs> by the sounds of it in the theater, I was the only one. Well, we'll, we'll discuss more later. All right. Um, the director of photography is one Matthew Libetaki. Or Q. Libetaku. He... Um, is he's worked a lot with Darren Aronofsky. So he he was the DP for Pi. He shot Requiem for a Dream, Tigerland, Inside Man, Black Swan, Straight Outta Compton. And he mm. also did Venom. So I thought that was fascinating because Venom and A Star is Born came out on the exact same day. Exactly. This guy's working. And I he's really good. I like his style. I do too. It was edited by Jay Cassidy. He also edited An Inconvenient Truth, Into the Wild, Silver Lining Playbook, uh, American Hustle, among other things. Oh, two Bradley Cooper movies. Mm -hmm. 
So he was like, hey, this guy knows what he's doing. It's starring Bradley Cooper as Jackson Maine. He made his film debut in Wet Hot American Summer, which I thought was funny. He was also in... He played the dorky guy on Alias. Well, yeah. Yeah, we'll get to that. He was in Wedding Crashers, The Hangover Trilogy, Silver Linings Playbook. Um, He's that rocket rocket raccoon in Guardians of the Galaxy, American Sniper. In Alias, on the second season, when his role was drastically reduced, he was going to throw in all his chips and just be like, goodbye, goodbye, Hollywood, I'm out. But he didn't. That was um, a good move. Yeah. Turned out okay for him. Lady Gaga, she won a Golden Globe for American Horror Story. And this is her like leading lady film debut. It is indeed. Um, it also stars Andrew Dice Clay. I kept going, who is that? Yeah. I know who that is. It wasn't until later when I read the credits. I went, oh, yeah, that was him. Uh-huh. He was in Blue Jasmine. He was also in that HBO short-lived show, Vinyl. Uh, Dave Chappelle. Mm-hmm. And Sam Elliott, who we all yeah. know from The Big Lebowski. And he was also in Roadhouse and Tombstone. And a few weeks ago, when we were in Paul Newman Month, we said his name again because he's married to Catherine Ross. Yes. Is he still married to Catherine Ross? They're still married. Wow. Yes. He also had a part in Grace and Frankie. Oh. Mm -hmm. Isn't he also like beef is what's for dinner? He he is. He's like the quintess he's like the quintessential Marlboro man without the cigarettes. Like, he's the quintessential Western dude. Yeah. Man's man. He's a man's man. He's -hmm. got that voice. Got the voice, got the mustache, and nobody cares that it's gray now. No, he's a very attractive old man. Yeah. He he was the love interest of Jane Fonda in Grace and Frankie. Oh, interesting. I'm going to have to watch Grace and Frankie because I did watch the Jane Fonda in five acts. Yeah, I watched Grace and Frankie for a while, and then it got a little, a little weird for me. Oh, interesting. So I need to go back and that it got weird for you. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Back to a star is born. Mm-hmm. Is that the end of the particulars? Those are all the particulars that I have. I mean, I figured that we would get into music later. Yes. So, so usually I do the, the events of the film in order. So I'm going to do my best to remember. I mean, it was Friday and this is Sunday. So that's Guess what, quite Ma? a lot of memory loss. I got you because while I was doing laundry this morning, I listened to the soundtrack of A Star is Born. Oh, and well much done. like the soundtrack for, say, Hamilton, it pretty much goes in chronological order and it has snippets of dialogue in it. So I've, I've watched the film twice, actually. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Well, we start out with Bradley Cooper as Jackson Maine. Now this is the (laughs) only of the four where his name is Jackson 
the last name is Maine on all of them. Every other film had him as Norman. Um, the 76 one had him as John Norman Maine. And this one just changed his name because Norman is just not a, um, a common name now. Yeah, Norman didn't age. And so that, um, yeah, Jackson was perfect because he is supposed to be um, in the country western country western contemporary country western i mean not hardcore tom t jones no no well the well country music now is pretty much what pop rock kind of always used to be it's now gone into country area like like carrie underwood yeah Um, and so then you have country purists who are like this is not country this is pop what are you guys doing but then you've always had the rockers like leonard skinnard was country but it was rock right and so he is more of a more in at least based on the songs and how he was he was more of a like rock guy so to me he he would like he could yeah he could like go on shows with say a band like my morning jacket or something right it's in the southern rock but you know his he's making his money from the country fans he he wears a he wears a hat uh hat. i mean yeah, it's, it's uh, some sort of hat it's you know it. you're like oh yeah that kind of hat it's not yeah. like a uh ooh, brooks and dunn are they a thing is that a real band yeah, maybe. And like, well, Brad Paisley always has. Yeah, it's not a ten-gallon hat. Right, right. Oh man. It, yeah, so it's a hat that a rocker slash country cool guy would wear. It just works. Exactly. It fits. It, You're yeah. like, yeah, that guy wears that hat. Mm-hmm. And so he's on stage doing his thing with a live audience. We've already seen him taking some pills. So, and probably washed him down with some alcohol. Gin. And in honor of Jackson, Maine, I made myself some gin. And um, so, I mean, he sounds pretty good. I mean, it's Bradley Cooper. And I think he's really playing the guitar. I thought that I was like, wow. I legitimately could see myself listening to this. It yeah. was like, I was impressed. When, and just the whole beginning, I was like, oh, yeah, this works. The, like, much in the way of uh, Almost Famous, how the songs that they played as a band, you believed it because you were like, well, these are legitimately good songs. So I mm-hmm. do believe their fame, which is imperative if you're going to pull off something about a fake rock star. Right. Their songs have to, especially if this guy is selling out, because he's not playing um, the Days In at Myrtle Beach. No, you know this is this is this. He is headlining. He is a major star. All these people that are out there, a sea of people, throngs of people, like are, a stadium. Yeah, yeah, are out there 
looking for him. It seemed more like an outdoor festival kind of thing. Right. But just, and, and part of it was filmed at Coachella 2017. So, yeah. I mean, that's a mass of people. Just a mass of people. And, you know, it, the way it starts off, I'm like, all right. All right. Let's let's do this then. Mm-hmm. There, there was time and effort put into to making this. Let's let's see where this takes me. And so then he comes off stage and he has all his handlers taking care of him, gets in the car. And his driver is the guy from Heroes. And remember the TV show Heroes? Yeah, Greg, Greg Grinberg. Yeah, you've seen him in other stuff. So uh, to me, I mean, it was a pretty small part. And that guy is like known. So he wanted to be a part of it you know well he's best friends childhood best friends with um what's his face that did alias jj abrams oh he's like so he that's how he he's been in a lot of his movies and it's just childhood friends so i'm sure that he's become friends with the, the old coops is jj abrams related to ian abrams um like related how like 23 and me related or like that they yeah, speak 23 of and me like like familiar family family wise i don't know okay i choose to believe it moving on so he gets in his car and he finishes off what's left of a bottle of some kind of alcohol it looked it was actually clear yeah he seemed to be a gin drinker um, and then he says, is there any more? And uh, the driver's going, you know, that's all we have right now. And I don't know this part of town to be able to stop and find you a liquor store. At which, at this point, where did you think that this movie took place? Like the location. Well, it was obvious he was on tour. So I didn't think it was um los angeles yeah i didn't think so either and especially so they're driving around and he sees this light and he's like i bet there's a bar there drop me off and he goes into it and it's like a drag club and i'm thinking oh he was doing a thing out like on long island or something and they're in new york oh but i was wrong (laughs) yeah and, and, you know, like, I didn't need to know the location. I just felt like he was, you know, in a part of town he didn't know. And so it wasn't his hometown, I thought. But I didn't even put much thought into that. Because I did enjoy, I did enjoy the um, the drag bar. Yes. Um, he goes in and, and one guy just kind of takes him under his wing and goes I, I think you're in the wrong bar and he goes uh, is there alcohol here because that's all i need then he looks around and he's oh wow i'm in a drag bar at which point the guy who is kind of taking care of him says now the next person coming on stage because it's, it's a karaoke bar it seemed to be but not not even karaoke like it was the music was is that Aaron well it's the real music playing and then they just pantomime it oh 
Yeah, I is, forget. Is what that what was happening, or were they actually singing the songs? I don't that well? know. I'm trying because I'm looking up. I found this article about Easter eggs that are in it, and I'm trying to scroll down to the part of that because there is something about that, like with the uh, like the drag queens and stuff. So the guy with him is saying, hey, listen, this next act, this is, she's really good. You got to pay attention to her. She's really good. And so it's Lady Gaga comes on and she doesn't have her blonde hair or her out of this world costume. She has her hair up. Well, this she isn't has- the first time that we've seen her. We saw her earlier at um, she had a phone call. She was in the bathroom the very first time that we meet Allie. She is in a bathroom stall of a bathroom alone and she's talking to some guy who's a lawyer and she's saying that she doesn't want to marry him and basically breaking up with him. And when she gets out of the bathroom stall, anyone who's seen the trailer knows that she does her like yell. She's like, ah, and she's like, men. And you're like, ah, yeah, her scream. Mm -hmm. But where did she work? She worked at... Um, she worked at like a restaurant. So it was like, it was some sort of, re- it, it, it seemed like it was some she sort of catering uniform, thing. But it she, was slacks and a blazer yeah. type thing. So uniform. it seemed like it, maybe it was like something that does functions, like catering functions Oh, and stuff. okay. That's, and it was her turn to take the garbage out, so. Mm-hmm. But she didn't want to be late because this is her gig where, you know, there are people who have their passion hers is singing but they have to pay the bills so they do other jobs that allow them to have income and then their side thing is what they're really passionate about okay so the the significance of the the drag bar significance and this is according to an article in vanity fair is that like each of star is born has different meat cutes for the lead characters so after Lady Gaga told Bradley Cooper about her early days performing in drag bars in Manhattan's Lower East Side, Cooper decided to set the couple's consequential meeting at a drag bar, a kind of tribute to his leading lady's early early days and her gay fan base. Mm-hmm. Um, Smart. So she she's joked, I have made the joke sometimes, behind every female icon is a gay man. I wouldn't really be here without the gay community what they have taught me about love and acceptance and bravery. And so Bradley Cooper also took up her on casting suggestions for the drag bar performers, including William Belly and DJ. Oh man, people are going to be so mad at me. Shangela Pierce. Um, like they're famous. I think they were like in RuPaul's drag race and stuff. So, okay. Okay. Yeah, so he entrusted them to improv their scene, saying, you guys know what goes on in a drag dressing room better than me, so do your thing. And he just let them go and do a bunch of work. And I really liked it because they were just real people. It wasn't like their their pers- their persona is so out there with the wigs and the makeup and the glitter, but they were just down-to-earth good people. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't it wasn't like like thrown in your face that they were, you know, drag queens. It was 
they they have a good time with it and it's all good and they were really looking out for Allie because they felt like she was really gifted and um, she didn't have to be a drag queen to be there with them. Yeah, but that was she was the only one that was a, that wasn't a drag queen that was ever allowed to sing. She was the only woman mm-hmm. that was ever allowed to sing. Right. Is what right. I mean to say. And that's that's how much they knew how talented she was. That they right. were like, hey, girl, you need you to got, get up you gotta, here. You got to respect the, the yeah. talent. I mean, because they know talent. Bette Midler, Judy Garland. Yeah. I mean, it's it's the gay fan base that that launched her. Yeah. Without them, she would she would still not be launched. They launched as a, they've launched so many careers. Share, yes, yeah, Liza Cher, Minnelli. Liza Minnelli. Well, they yeah. took a shine to Liza because of her mother. Only because of her mother. But then she had talent, so they she were like, "We some, can get behind she had this." Some talent. Yes. Yeah, um, and so Lady Gaga is singing a song uh, in French. La Vienne Rose. La Vienne Rose. And evidently, Bradley Cooper had actually really seen her sing that or had seen a tape of her singing that it's a famous song and he but her her rendition of it um and he wanted that in the film so he's seeing that and he's like what and you know he's blitzed uh, out on first of all he's got the adrenaline kicking from the show he's got the pills he's got the alcohol he's drinking more alcohol probably taking more pills and he can still see dang this is talent this person is talented. Which, that was, I, I'm like, mm, that's a, I'm going with it because this is the movie and this is a star is born. But in real life, somebody who's taken that many pills and is that drunk, like, how do you know, like, oh no, this, this is really good. This is definitely yeah, good. Yeah. How could you even trust yeah. your instincts but he does and probably part of that is to show how long he's been doing this that Mm. his his system is built up enough that he can still halfway function on that much intruding on his system i think perhaps okay so um he goes wow you're really talented do you want to go have a drink with me did he invite her for a drink? I think so. Yes, but it was after closing time. So they couldn't because they get kicked out by one of the, the, own, the owner queen kicks them out. And one's like, you know, the saying you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. And he knows a cop bar. And because the cops go there, that's why it's allowed to serve alcohol 24 hours. So they go oh. to a cop bar. And she has to she has to go and take off all her makeup and so she comes out without all that makeup on and it's just what's her real name? Oh, what's her name? name is Allie and it put the there's a again the Vanity Fair eyebrows a brief history. Eyebrows have been a part of every iteration of a Star is Born in the 1937 original. Janet Gaynor's character gets an elaborate studio makeover in which they paint on obnoxious eyebrows before a screen test. Judy Garland's character receives an awful studio makeover in the 1954 version. The James Mason's character, gentleman that he is, 
personally helps her remove the hideous face paint and faux eyebrows. Mm-hmm. And then um, the 76 version gender flopped the roles for the big eyebrow moment. Barbara Streisand bedazzling Chris Christopherson's eyebrows while in the bathtub. Oh, I didn't remember that. Wow. Okay, so um but but Lady Gaga's real name. What's her real name? Stephanie Germanata. Okay, so this is when we see Stephanie um without the Lady Gaga-ness. And she she puts makeup on her real eyebrows and uses black tape as her fake eyebrows when she is being Lady Gaga-ness. Well, she's not, I mean, uh, I, yeah, you keep calling her Lady in the, in Gaga-ness, the, but it's not, it's, she's a character. She's like, this is when she's performing, because she is performing at a drag bar, so she just can't ha- go out there with nothing done up. She'd get booed right. off the stage, no matter how talented she was. You still gotta class it up. So they go to the bar, and then somebody at the bar recognizes Jackson Maine and wants a picture, and Allie gets mad that he's intruding on Jackson's space and time and punches him. Well, yeah, because so they're sitting at the bar. He asks her if she's... Do you write any of your, are you a writer as well? And she's very insecure and she says, no. She's like, well, I do write, but I don't sing my own songs. And he's he's like asking her why. Basically at this moment, she this is a woman who has all the talent in the world, but the, everybody that she's gone to show her talent always says, you're not pretty enough. Like, you sound great, but you're not pretty enough, and your nose is too big. And so she's just had door after door slammed in her face, and she's at the point where this is just what she does. She's just singing um, these shows at the, drag cl- at the drag club every Sunday night, whatever it is, and that's what she's doing and she's pretty much given up on the fact that she's not going to be a singer because she doesn't she's not pretty enough to be a singer and what were you going to say that actually happened to lady gaga oh yeah the whole reason that we have lady gaga is because people didn't like the way that she looked when she was just singing and she had to create this whole other character to um to, you know, she had to basically like David Bowie it up because that was the only way that anybody was going to listen to what a great uh, talent that she is. Right. Okay. Well, so then after she punched the guy. Oh, yeah. Because the guy. So the guy comes up and it's not. He doesn't. I think that this movie does a really good job of capturing these, like, what it's like to be famous moments, like the unpleasant part of that, because this guy comes up and and he wants a picture, but you can just tell in his body language that he's aggressive, and he comes up and he says that his wife cheated on him with a guy that she said looks like Jackson Maine, and he wants to get a picture to show his his 
I guess his ex-wife or his ex-girlfriend that the guy that she cheated on him with looks nothing like him. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. So this guy is already like not a fan of Jackson Maine, obviously, and is drunk. And old Allie says, no, get out of here. She doesn't want a picture with you. And then she goes and pops the guy. Now, remember, this is a cop bar. So she just yeah. punched a cop. And oh, I forget how Jackson reacted to it in the mo. If he was smiling or if he yeah, was he like, thought it was really funny. Yeah, so he whisk her away, and then they go to a supermarket. Right, because he says, um, "Do you play piano?" And she's like, "Yeah." And he said, "Then we got to get some. We got to get some frozen peas on that hand right away, or it's going to swell up." Mm-hmm. So they go in the grocery store and he finds the peas and he gets some gauze and, you know, he knows how to take care of a bar room brawl. Yeah, this isn't his first uh, punched out wall hand rodeo. Exactly. He goes through this this supermarket. He knows exactly what he's getting. He gets he's looking for the peas. He grabs a thing of corn pops cheese poof cheesy poofs and she even says something like you like cheesy poofs and he's like no and he goes on and he gets the tape and stuff and then outside the driver's eating the cheesy poofs because this is this guy's done this so many times that he knows to get the driver the cheesy poofs and he tapes up her hand and stuff and so they have this falling in love scene outside of the grocery store she starts making up lyrics uh, uh, for a song about him. And he's like, um, oh, my God, you just you just came up with that. Like, and she said, yeah. yeah. Um, and he was like, wow, I, I know a secret. You are a songwriter. I found this part a little too cheesy. Real cheesy. Yeah, but as a star is born goes. And it's funny because I'm all basing this off of the 1976 movie that everyone always says is super cheesy and yet I've never seen. So when I see this scene, I think, yeah, it's cheesy, but it's not as cheesy as 1976. Like for what it is. And in 1976, it was the first time I'd ever heard of A Star is Born. And I I just loved it. But I was I loved Chris Christopherson back in the day. And and we were living in Texas and like, you know, he was a staple. And um, so, yeah, but my take. okay, go ahead. We'll go ahead and do the whole thing before I go on my tirade. Well, I was just going to say that it's this movie need they need to it's a love story. So they need to have the scene where they basically each fall in love, even though he's kind of already fallen in love. It needs to this whole scene is just propelling the movie forward. It is. And it's him recognizing um, not just that she can perform, but that she is a songwriter as well. There's real talent here. But then you gotta you gotta go, why is she falling in love with him when I mean she knows he's 
drunk. Yeah, okay. but he is pretty. Like I'm, I was not a huge Bradley Cooper fan. I thought that he was okay or whatever, but he did wear me down in this movie. Okay, I was like, he does have nice hair. I remember when he was the nerd in Alias. I didn't so watch Alias. Just moving up. Alias was so good. You would love it now. Okay, moving on. So, then they go to his hotel room, correct? They go to a hotel room. No, I thought that she got... Did? Oh, wait. Did they? Or did she because get dropped he, off? Because he falls asleep when she is cleaning herself up. To no, go that have was, sex with him. I thought that was later. Oh, okay. Or maybe. I don't know. No, I think it is because then she got up in the morning and he and he and the driver take her home. Oh. And at some point he said, I love your nose, and, and he traces her silhouette with his finger. Did you love and, that, Ma? Were you like oh. No, I, I didn't because <laughs> really nobody loves a nose. Um <laughs> Sorry, nobody loves it. I love uh, that nose. So she goes home and her daddy is Andrew Dice Clay. Can I just say, I don't think that she has that big of a nose. No, it's not. It's it's not a Barbara Streisand nose. Yeah, I'm like, I wouldn't even classify it as a schnoz. No, I mean, it doesn't overtake her whole. Okay, moving on. So, um, what happens next? Well, he's with Andrew Dice Clay, and there's a whole bunch. So, um, there are a whole bunch of guys. Like, there's the guy from uh, Orange, Orange is the New, is Black, the New Black, and there's the Andrew Dice Clay, and they're all talking about like gambling and stuff. And so, Andrew Dice Clay, he's a widower. He's her dad, and. He owns a a driving company, so like cars. So he is actually probably That's driven. Right. He's like the Greg Grunberg. Right. He's guy. got he's got the limos and the and the uh, the suburbans. Yeah, that drives celebrities to and fro. Right. And he's with his guys, and they. It's basically a bachelor pad, um, and she's got, she lives there, and she has to clean up after him. So you're kind of seeing that when the very first time that we met her, and she yelled out and cursed men, like there she has a lot of men that she has to deal with, right? And yeah, so she has baggage with that. She has baggage with men, which brings me back to the part about falling in love with a drunk. Oh, um, okay, so then, oh, he says, I have to go do this thing in some other state. I think it was Arizona. Arizona. And did she want to come along? And she's like, no, it's okay. I'm not going to come along. And, um, and then she goes back to work, and she's late for work, and her maybe boss is yelling at her, and she just Coachella. quits. Maybe it wasn't Arizona. Maybe he was playing Coachella or something. No, it was Arizona. Oh. It was actually Coachella in real life, but it was Arizona. Remember the Arizona flags? Uh, well, Coachella, they have flags from everywhere there. Um, 
And that's where he was from, actually, Arizona. Yes. And he had bought his, his, once he got famous, he bought his dad the ranch where his dad worked. Well, because his dad was significantly older his brother was his stepbrother was significantly older because his dad was older his dad had him when he was 63 right because the dad knocked up the 18 year old daughter of the pecan farm pecan of the pecan farm and didn't oh and she died in childbirth yeah and so this guy was 63 with a little kid and a significantly older brother. We had to have a reason why uh, Sam. What's his name? Elliot. Elliot was so much older than Bradley Cooper because everybody thinks it's his father. But no, his father is even older than Sam Elliot. Yeah. Well, was, but he died. Right. And the whole farm went to Sam Elliot then. Well, I think he bought it. I think Bradley, when Bradley. Bradley when Cooper bought Jackson it for made, his. Yeah father and then it went to sam elliott yeah they they have so much baggage they yeah they have a lot of baggage so um she's like no i'm not going with you and then she goes to her job and they start yelling at her and she goes forget this and she says i quit and she's in the car going to and she brings her friend from the from the the original Lafayette. He was the original Lafayette? I'm pretty sure he was the original Lafayette in Hamilton. No. Thought, yeah, he was. No. I thought he was the original David, Lafayette in Hamilton. David, David. David. Oh, no. Maybe he wasn't the original Lafayette. Maybe he was the original son. Son or. He was in Hamilton. Hamilton. Not Hercules Mulligan, but no. the other guy, John somebody. I think John somebody was the same guy that was his son. His you're older right, son. You're right. You're right. You're right. Okay. So anyway, the guy from the not gay uh, bar. The the drag bar. Drag drag bar. Then she grabs him because he's at her work. Mm-hmm. And she goes, We're going Well, they uh, work together. On tour with Jackson Maine. Yeah. And they get they're getting on the private plane and they're giddy. Well, because how, how exciting is and this? Jackson Maine sent Gr- the Greenberg driver Green Gernberg whatever his name is J J Abrams's friend sent him in the car to her house to take her and was following her to work and everything like you don't understand I, you don't have to come with me but I have to follow you around and take you right. so. Um, cause Jackson, he was doing his sound check. I think we found out about his hearing issues. He has tinnitus. I do too. Yeah. And yeah, but you're not like a, a rock star. So that's just. Well, that's cont- a matter of opinion. Is it? <laughs> because I think it's a that fact. tinnitus. Th- now, Aaron. Okay. I have to ask a question. 
you heard the the ringing, right, in the film? Or was it my tinnitus I heard <laughs> all the time? Or was it mine? <laughs> um, yeah, the, I think okay, so. So when you saw him, like, with the sound check, you heard the tinnitus in there. And, and then Doofus Guy says there's no cure for tinnitus. Well, that's his real ear doctor in real life. I know. Okay, so yeah, he's got issues with his hearing, and not only I—I my understanding was not only does he have tinnitus, but he's losing his hearing as well. Right, because he's—he's—he said he even said when he was little, he told her a story that he was born with some like a problem in his ear, so he wasn't blessed with great hearing to begin with. And now and he's been with all these amplifiers all right, these years, all these years and stuff. And he's not wearing, you know, the sound protection that he needs to wear. And I forget why not, he was being a crybaby about him, because then that's the first time we see the manager. I feel like his name is Bobby. I don't know. And he comes up and he's like, are you kidding me? Like, you have to wear these. And it's the um, like the in-ear like monitors and stuff that he's supposed to be wearing, and he doesn't want to, I guess, because he thinks he's gonna be dorky or something. I don't know. I don't get it. As a as a sometimes drummer, I'm always wearing here like uh, things, and then people get mad at me for playing too loud. But <laughs> I'm trying to preserve my hearing. Maybe he feels like it distorts his hearing so he's not hearing it clearly i'm trying to give him an out here um artistically or yeah he's just too cool for school so he can't wear it i'm telling you if there were an inner ear thing i could wear to not hear this ringing in my ears all the time i i would do it but it's not about me it's about jackson maine and Allie. Allie. <laughs> I have finished my drink, and so my mind is gone. Oh, man. And she's got no notes to fall back on, people. This this might be where the Gone with the Bushes rides off its rails. Or where you play it on a really slow speed, and then it makes sense. Okay, so they get to the Arizona venue, which is a huge outdoor area where there are a gazillion people yeah. and he's already she's playing he's on stage he's doing his thing and she's met by somebody who reminds me of A.D. Bryant mm -hmm. on Saturday Night Live totally yeah and she's like you know okay come with me he's so excited you're here so she's backstage they have backstage passes and he's singing, and then he comes over and, and says, I want you to sing that song that we worked on together in the parking lot with the frozen peas. Yeah, Have they worked on it since then? That's what I was saying. And I'm just, at this point, I'm like, note to self, I gotta ask my dad about this. Like, are they just that good of musicians where... He no. can just do it, and she was just going to chime in and know how it's going because they're just that in tune to, like, music on such a different level. Because as no. someone who obviously is not at that level musically, I would be like, are you kidding me? Like, I don't... How many... 
what are we doing? How many times are we going through this? We never right. went through this once. Are you kidding me? I can't just... he says he's done an arrangement of it. She's never heard it. Yeah. She doesn't know when she's supposed to come in, when she's supposed to project, when she's supposed to go down. Now, has she even written those lyrics down? No, but of course it's the film. And so she goes, no, I can't come out. No, I can't come out. And so he goes on stage. He goes, I'm going to sing it with you or without you. And so she comes out and she does her, oh my God, she's so talented, Lady Gaganus. And it's actually a pretty decent song. It's that song from the trailer, Shallow. Right. And it was, I gotta say, like, it was a pretty cool movie moment. Even though you knew what was coming and stuff, just the way that it builds up and she's like, I don't want to go out there. But then she knows, like, look, every single door has been shut in your face. And it is like the mom's spaghetti scene in 8 Mile. Like, you only get one shot. Do not miss your chance. Not throwing away my shot. Yes. Okay. Um, and, well, and he said to her, all you have to do is trust me. All you have to do is trust me. And so the way course. he said it with his, he's all sweaty and like all brown and leathery, but kind of cool. I would have trusted him. Even though he's a drunk. I would have trusted him at that moment. I would have trusted it a good, him. It was a good Bradley Cooper moment. I was like, Bradley Cooper, damn it. I think yeah. you've got me. Yeah. You're not the dork in alias at this moment. I don't understand how you have such a athletic physique as horrible as you take care of yourself. I would think you would be a bit more paunchy and uh, bloated. And not nearly as tanned. You'd have a... Uh, nasty skin yeah i thought you'd be like way more pale yeah and definitely not like a rippled ab section that's like super tan do we see his yes because he gives himself an injection in his buttocks Later in the movie. Later? And I'm okay, like, we haven't seen those this ads is, yet. Okay, uh, so. But you could tell that he was in fantastic shape. Just from his clothes, from the way his <laughs> to, to foreshadow the Grammy Award winning song from Ali, the way he looked in those jeans. Yeah, well, he did fill out his jeans just fine. <laughs> OK, so um, and he dealt with it. I felt like his hair was really greasy all the time, but he dealt with it. OK. Yeah, uh, okay, it was. So it, anyway, it was so greasy, then, but it was nice length and great color. It was. It was. So they had their moment on stage. She is elated because she was able to actually do this, you know, duetting with him. Um, and everybody said how great she was. Then, I don't know, it happens in this vicinity. He goes to the ranch he bought for his father that his brother is supposed to be taken care of. And it is all wind turbines. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. But he goes to where he thought his father was buried. There's no grave anymore. So he, I don't know when he happens upon Sam Elliott. Well, because at that point, we didn't know that Sam Elliott. Well, it wasn't told to us. But if you're any sort of... Move, if you've seen any movie in your entire life from the beginning, you pretty much knew, like, oh, Sam Elliott's his brother. 
but it was right. not explicitly stated. And so when he, the very next scene, when he comes back to wherever their sound check is, wherever they are in Arizona, he just punches out Sam Elliott. And everybody's like, oh, a gasp. And he says, I got that. Um, uh, I bought that farm for you. And where's dad buried? And Sam Elliott takes the punch like the man he is. And he's just like, are you kidding me? Um, one, I don't know where our father is. He washed away in some storm. Two, you gave, you left me a pecan farm. Pecan. And I, how am I supposed to take care of a pecan farm and watch over your drunk ass all over the world on tour? Hmm. And then it got even uglier where it was, uh, well, Bradley Cooper stole Sam Elliott's voice. And then I'm like, that's why Bradley Cooper is talking that way, this way in the film. Ah, it wasn't just a weird Brando thing he was trying to do. Right. Because he does talk. Like at first I thought, oh, it's because because we meet him and he's drunk and messed up. Right. So at first I was like, oh, he's just like, that's how wasted he is. But it turns out his character of Jackson Maine does talk like real grumbly. And yeah, I'm kind of making him sound like Sling Blade. And I guess there is a little bit of a Sling Blade resemblance. Biscuits and mustard. Mustard and biscuits. I like biscuits. Mm -hmm. I like mustard and biscuits. Mm Okay, okay, moving on. (laughs) Um, So, evidently, Sam Elliott had a bit of a singing career in the future. In the past, Ma, in the past. Well, well, in in his time, he thought he had that. Oh. But it never came to fruition, and Bradley Cooper stole the limelight from him and became the person who Sam Elliott always wanted to be. Right. Right. Because he was playing guitar with Sam Elliott, and then he stole Sam Elliott's voice. Right. Like, literally, apparently. Literally. And and then Sam Elliott became his caretaker. Right, his manager. He's the one that gets everything done. Goes gets everything done, looks after him, makes sure he's put to bed after he has taken all the pills and done all the I alcohol. I I thought that you were supposed to put some... I thought they were supposed to put them up on their belly. Yeah. And well, maybe he wanted him to do yeah, that. Yeah, because this is like already in the past... Like the first time where he passes out and stuff. And Sam Elliott puts him in the bed. He puts him on his back. And I'm like, oh, I'm pretty sure that my mom told me that you always put people on their stomach. And she was like... Yeah, because that's what happened to Jimi Hendrix, to Janis Joplin, to Jim Morrison. To the person in the verdict who expirated on their own vomit. Yeah, but that wasn't like when you were giving me those examples as a child of what to do, it was not. It was she like you it wasn't the verdict. She actually embellishes these moments. I swear to God. I do not. That's what you told me. You were like, yeah, no, because you're throwing a, throw a up and choke on yourself. 
<laughs> I remember. I remember it was like, I, and, I, and I was a little kid because I was watching The Wonder Years. And you would wow. be like, yeah, that's that's what killed. You, heard, you ever heard of, of Jimi Hendrix? You know what happened to him? He choked on his own vomit because he was on his back. That's why you always put people on their stomachs. True and then you're like, and then we'd be we'd be driving in the in the Grand Am and a Janis Joplin song would come on and be like, Ma, who's that? Well, I was like, Janis Joplin. You know what happened to her? She choked on her own vomit because nobody put her on her stomach. She was on her back. <laughs> you know, it's it, a fantastical life in that mind of Aaron Bush. Okay, so that's what happened. So, of course, Allie is listening to all this and falling even more in love with Bradley Cooper because he's had such a bad childhood and such a hard life. And no wonder he's drinking and taking drugs. I don't think she even knew about the tinnitus. I don't think so either. But and here at this point in the movie is my question. My, all right. This is Jackson Maine. A very sexy man. He's a rock star musician. He's still able to sell out a stadium. Still able to sell out a stadium. You're going to tell me that there's no other woman lurking around in his in his uh, orbit that isn't ready to shank old Allie? Yeah. I'm like, are you kidding me? He this guy, seem, he seems like the kind of guy that's never alone. And right. he's just completely single right now. Mm-hmm. I I was calling a bit of bullshit on that. I'm like, there's some model somewhere. Yeah, at the very least. Okay, so okay, so we we find out about the ranch. We find out about his brother. We find out. Oh, his brother! By the way, after he gets punched, says, "You know what? I'm out. You you deal with this all on your own." Willie's been wanting me to come work with him. I'm going to go work with Willie. And I'm like, you know what? I bet Willie is much more of a professional at this point than Jackson Maine. And I'm telling you, just go in the trailer. You are happy coming back out. Yeah, and Willie knows all the great strands. So, then what happened? Well, where are we then? Well, we have, the brother has quit. Punched him out. Oh. Allie has been on stage with, so they they must have another. So they, I think they're touring. So they're on tour. Oh wait, was this the was this the montage of them singing together on stage in yeah. various venues? Right. So they're 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 doing it. They're they're in love and they're they're on tour and it's a montage, and I believe that this montage ends with them doing. A song, like and and he's more spinning more and more out of control. Mm-hmm. But he's but to I can't and I keep waiting for him to be mean, but he's never mean. He's just just spinning. Well, he was he was truly looking out for her. Like when she was, um, she started to get interest about her, and an agent came up and he wanted to represent her. But to do that, she was going to have to do things the agent's way. And uh, there was, uh, she was recording something and he was, you know, dealing with the knobs to make sure she sounded her best. Now, the agent wanted her to be a pop star. Lady Gaga much? 
and Bradley Cooper wanted her to stay true to herself. But she understood that to, to move to the next level, she needed to do what this agent was telling her to do, which was this is when Saturday, Saturday Night Live came up, and she was singing a ridiculous song about a guy's butt and jeans. Right. Well, hold on a second. because So she goes off, and she basically goes viral, and her dad is is... With his buddies, they're watching it and they say, look how many views it is. So we just know that it's gone gaga, as they say. And she's on tour and she's getting just as much buzz because people are like, who is this woman in this? And and they're doing more songs um, because she's playing in his band now. And then they're like doing more songs and after one of the performances that's when this agent comes up and this agent is supposed to be like in my mind he was like a rick rubin where you say the name and you think oh and you instantly list off all the different artists that this guy has done and had something to do with and you're just like Yes, he's got bona fide credentials. He's not some right. sleazy fly by night agent like this guy is. She didn't know what he looked like, but as soon as he said his name, she knew exactly who he was. Right. And so she was, hey, I should listen to this guy. So that's where she is. And yeah, she gets the season finale of Saturday Night Live. And. Yeah, it is the song of why did you do that and it's a pop it's a pop ditty but it's yeah and it's the same lyric over and over and over again with the beat and there the dancers behind her and um so it's a total pop song but but for him it's like a total sellout because it's it's not the lyrics that she usually sings and it's not the the touching people's soul it's just the um, he thinks that there's a bit of a vap in this to this, but I see your point. I will counterpoint it with, if you listen to it, on one level, on the surface level, you are like, yeah, this is complete, like, oh, this is just pop, this is just candy. But then you think, well, I did just... There was a point, the scene in the movie, where I was like, wow, Bradley Cooper looks fantastic in those jeans. And then the song, the first title is look the way you look in those jeans. And I was like, you know what? I know that this song is supposed to be throwaway, but it really did tap into something that everybody feels because the whole song is like, why did you do that? I mean, why'd you have to go and put those jeans on and walk around in front of me? Right, right. It's all your fault. So I thought it was very interesting that, Yes, on one hand, it is this vapidness because it isn't real like he is. But on one hand, it is. It's it's just as real as the I I guess like we're bet. What's what's that the song like they something about we should be getting moving on with the times like his basically his hit song. Yeah, and you can tell when he starts playing the chords to to that song, everybody yells and screams, and he's like. Do I really have to sing this song again? Yeah, but hey, it's a good song and you wrote it and that's paying for all of your pills. So Exactly. So she is she is getting more and more famous in her own right and 
he's seeing that she doesn't need him as much. Okay, so let's just just jump ahead to the Grammys. Oh, yes. Because. Um, this is the scene. This is the scene. This is she it. is nominated for Best New Performer of the Year. Best New Artist. And to uh, he was already he was already scheduled to perform a Roy Orbison tribute. So he was gonna sing Roy Orbison, which when I heard that in the movie, I was like, he's doing a Roy Orbison tribute because his voice is I like his voice. It's gravelly. I would not associate it with Roy Orbison in mm-hmm. any way. So I did think it was a little odd. I was like, well, what are you going to sing, Jackson Maine, of Roy Orbison's? And he's been going out of control. So he... Wait, was this... Because remember, he had to do a gig, and it was for a... Um, like, it was for a pharmaceutical convention... Yeah. And they paid him a lot of money. And so he had to go and do that. And he showed up to that thing like toasted. Yes. He was so he could barely perform. He couldn't do anything. Because to him, it's the same as Allie being on Saturday Night Live doing that, doing what she did. It's like selling out. Okay, I'm doing this for the money, but it's not my artisticness and i read that that's a thing that that happens now where these like the big companies the pharmaceuticals the tech industries they have these conventions and they get a list people to perform them because they basically offer them so much money that the performers can't. can't turn it down. You can't say no. You yeah. can't say no. So you yeah. have to do it. And you know that it's just this convention, but they are paying you so much money. And because they're an artist, unlike uh, business people, they have this, they have qualms about it, about yes. doing it and taking like, oh, I can't believe it. Oh. Or meanwhile, people are just, the whole reason they're able to pay them that much money is because they're just fleecing people left and right. Yep. So he does, he shows up and I think word gets out to the Grammy people and they say, um, everyone who's going to sing at the Roy Orbison, (laughs) take Take one one step step forward, forward. (laughs) Jackson Maine, not so fast. And... There was there was talk that well he would just pull out of it, and I think because that's what I think Sam Elliott's telling him about it how like yeah they don't want you to sing, and Jackson Maine says well I guess I guess it's a good thing that I'm a guitar player so he decides that he will do it, and he'll just play guitar, and so he performs and when he goes out there, I mean it was pretty suspenseful because. It's a star is born, so you know he has to have the classic flame out. He has to hit rock bottom. And you think, is it going to be during the Roy Orbison thing? And he is so, he's the most hammered we've seen him, right, Ma? Yes. And, yes. He, and he walks out, and they do this intro thing. He can hardly even stand. He almost falls, and you just keep waiting because they're doing because it's a it's one of those Grammy things. So you know they're taking liberties with the arrangements. So the arrangement just starts with the vocals, 
and because it's going to be pretty woman and there's that famous guitar riff and he he drops his pick on the ground and picking up a guitar pick on the ground for a sober person will make you feel like you're drunk because they're so thin and stuff and he's wasted i'm like oh my god he's not gonna pick up this pick it's so far on the ground he's so loaded and then he's got his guitar and it's electric and if you just like shit if you move that thing in any way and there's any sort of vibration it's gonna come out of the amp and you're just and it's quiet and you know he's just gonna make some noise and everything's leading up and there's this long pause and he picks it up and i'm thinking like oh his guitar's gonna hit something and somehow this is how good of a musician this guy is he just starts the riff and it's awesome and you're like damn it, it. Awesome. <laughs> yeah he, <laughs> he did great it out. when is he gonna fuck up yeah and he didn't he did it and he and he's so messed up that the song's over the guitar tech comes to get the guitar from him and he's like is it over he doesn't even know that the song is over and they're like yeah and then he gets back and this is when i knew what was gonna happen because he sits down and because i was at the same point as him at this point in the movie i had to pee myself (laughs) and he sits down next to Allie. And he's all like slurring his words, but he basically says, like, I got to go to the bathroom. And I'm like, ooh, I know exactly what's going to happen now. And I'm like, don't you think about it now? Yeah. So he's sitting there and her award is up for best new artist. And the, the new pop sensation, Halsey, is the one that's doing the, that's, uh, announcing it, the presenter, and Allie wins. Of course. And he's so he can't even stand up. Everybody's so happy, and he's and she starts walking up, and then he starts walk walking up with her. And, and she it, needed to get somebody to get him. This would like never that. happen. No, this would no. never happen at the no. Grammys because somebody would have taken his had tackled his drunk ass. But right. they did somebody it. from her entourage. Yeah, would have gotten him out of there. Somebody from the Grammy, te- somebody from CBS would have been like, nah, man, <laughs> nah, right. nope, this, right. nope, uh, uh-uh. uh, because I don't think that Les Moonves had um, retired yet. So he was still steen from Nipplegate. And he definitely would not have had drunk Jackson Maine anywhere near the stage. Anyways, Jackson Maine goes up to the stage and he and he just falls on the steps. And Allie is up there. The biggest moment of her life. She's just won Best New Artist at the Grammys. True, the category has had a difficult past. I mean, past winners include Millie Vanilli... <laughs> you know there are like some like if you go through the best new artist winners you're they're always like what huh so anyway she's up there she's to and then you hear him in this he's on the the steps like asking like hey uh, are we do one are we should i come up there and i'm just like why isn't anybody yeah. Like, that would never happen. 
And she keeps talking. Mm -hmm. I'm going, if this were my husband on the steps, I would say, oh, my gosh, I'm so overwhelmed. Thank you. And get off the stage. But this is her moment. No. This is the biggest. going to get worse. This is the biggest moment of her life. And, and she is mortified. But it's also she has people that she needs to thank. And then he makes it up to the stage. And you're just like, oh, you know, I know exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. He has a light colored tan suit on. It was a gray suit, I thought. Oh, okay. Like no belt, no drawstrings. And well, he wets himself. Okay, people, he just wets himself. He, he just lets it rip. And she is mortified, as is everyone else. And... Yeah, she, she, he, and then the father, like, takes him into the house and stuff with the, his friends. Andrew and, Dice Clay, her father. Yeah. yeah. And, and rips him a new one. Well, yeah, because he, because he's just like, are you kidding me? Like, what, like, yeah. what the hell is wrong with you? And so then he's in the shower and then she gets in the shower with him in her. And I'm like, wait a second. Hey, come on. You wouldn't take off the dress first. I know. I know. These artists always got to be so dramatic. That's what I thought. So then we have another scene where her manager is talking to her and she wants to go out on tour with her husband. Yeah. And the manager is saying, he cannot be anywhere near you. You, you can't, you cannot have him a part of your tour. And so she goes in and tells him, you know what? Um, I'm not going to do the tour because they are so excited about my record. They want to make a new one right She's away. She's telling. No, she, you missed a, th a thing. Uh-oh. Well, because he goes to rehab. Oh, my God. I forgot rehab. Yeah, he goes to rehab. He does the whole rock star thing where he's late to rehab, doesn't have his homework. And then he's swimming. So you're like, okay. That's how he got his physique, but he wasn't swimming all through there. So he's looking better. He talks to the guy who was like in charge of the rehab thing. And he tells the story about when he was 13 years old. I guess he wanted to like end it all. And so he tried to hang himself from a fan and the whole fan came out. And his dad didn't even notice, and the fan stayed in the house for like a year and a half on the floor. Yeah. And so I'm like, all right. Nobody mentioned the fact that the ceiling fan is now on the floor. Yeah. Yeah. And that he was 13 and was like, I've had enough of this life. I'm like, okay. Also, great. Now I know how this movie ends. Yeah. So she comes to visit him at rehab and oh, and then also just to throw it in there, she brings him the cutest dog ever, which is his dog in real life. Yes. I was like, that dog yeah. is he looked like adorable. a Labrador or something like that. Yes. So Golden. Cute. So, cute. so cute. Charlie, the dog. So she tells him how Charlie the dog's always waiting for him and they have this thing. Also, we missed the part where they got married. Oh, where yeah, he got he got married. loaded 
And he ended up on the lawn of his childhood best friend, who was played by Dave Chappelle. And oh, yeah. he sleeps it off in the daughter's room. And then she shows up in the room and she's like, if you ever um, like if you ever do that again, I'm not going to come find you. And then he gets dressed up. This is before he pissed himself at the Grammys. And then he takes a guitar string and wires it into a ring and he asks her to marry him. And she's like, sure, why not? But the way that she said it, it was funny to me because she was like, this is ridiculous. But yeah, why not? Sure. Yeah. So that was nice. And Dave Chappelle's like, well, I got this cousin or something and we can get to the church. And it turns out that the guy that marries him is Eddie Griffin. And I'm just like, what the hell is going on in this movie? <laughs> and so then they get married because Dave Chappelle's wife goes and takes him to get, takes her to get a dress. So they get married. So then they're married. And then, you know, the Grammys and, and all that stuff happens. And so then after the Grammys, we're at the rehab. She comes to visit him. Um, she's like, oh, well, are you coming back to the house? And then he kind of gets his feelings hurt, saying, why would you think that I wouldn't? And she says, she makes a valid argument. She says, well, I met you when you were drunk. And now that you aren't drunk, I didn't know if you would still want me to be around. Right. And he says, no, that's ridiculous. I'm, I'm coming back and stuff. And so then he goes back and he then the um the agent shows up right and the agent tells him look and, and he he was in the shower and he gets out of the shower and he gives the agent like a drink and he's drinking sparkling water and the, he, the agent tells him look jackson oh because jackson apologizes and thanks him for taking looking after his girl while he was gone and the agent says, look, we're not on the same team here. Um, I don't want her anywhere near you because we both know that it's only a matter of time before your sobriety ends and you just do it all over again. And he was like, while you were in rehab, we had to basically start from zero again to build her back up. And we were doing triage and putting out all these little fires and stuff. And she has real talent and she has a career and when you go off the wagon again, it's going to ruin everything. So you need, if you care anything about her, you need to just, you, you need to get out of her life. And so he kind of like takes that in. And then she, and because he says like, oh, you know, we're going on a European tour and stuff. And then she comes in and tells Jackson, because he's lying on the bed all depressed. But she doesn't know that he's depressed. But we know he's depressed. And then says, oh, I'm not going to go on tour. The album's going well. Because she lied and said that the album was going well. And that's why she's not going on tour. And the reason she's not going on tour is because she wants to stay with him. Mm -hmm. And so she tells that lie. And then where does she have to go? She has to go. Oh, she's doing her last show. So she's doing her last show in L.A. And he says that he's going to come see it. And I'm like, this, this is a lie. I know how this movie ends. Mm -hmm. And so then she goes and she's doing it on like the tour thing, the show thing. And she's asking about him. And then we see he's cooking a steak and he puts it on the plate and he puts it down. 
And the dog walks over to the steak that's on the ground. And I'm like, damn, he just cooked him a steak. And the dog. This was the part, like I said, I cried more when I found out Dorothy Parker left her estate to MLK. But this is the part that did choke me up a bit. That my eyes did get a bit sweaty. Because he put the steak down and the dog, Charlie, walks over. It's a steak and he's a dog. And he just sits there and he doesn't eat it until he says, it's okay, you can eat it. And I was like, my God, that's a good dog. (laughs) Oh, it's such a good dog. Why are you going to do this to this dog? And he goes out, he moves his truck out. You know, puts his hat down and stuff. And at this point, I'm just like, I'm, I'm, I understand that it's an addiction. I understand that it's an, it's a disease and stuff. But still, I'm like, fuck you, guy. Yeah. Like, fuck you, buddy. Yeah. He's in the garage and he has his belt. And so you know what he's going to do. Yeah. Because we already heard the story and stuff of how he was 13. And, you know, they've made this, this whole thing. But I'm just like, this guy, this guy, wow, real selfish right here. Yeah, because not only are you good, you're doing it at home where she has to come home and find you. Yeah, but you know that she doesn't because when she's, it's like her last number at the show, she's backstage, they're doing the crazy wardrobe thing. She says, is Jackson here? They're like, no. And she says, send somebody to the house. So she doesn't find him, but it's still, it's done. It was done at her at their house. Right. And just like, what? Like, okay, buddy. All right. Whatever. And you made the dog a steak. That's cold blooded. And he's such a good dog. And the dog, dog, he was sitting outside the garage and stuff. Yeah. So everyone else in the theater. I was surprised myself. I was like, wow. Huh. Nothing. And everything gets me. De- I cry at deodorant commercials. Yeah. What the hell? Oh, I heard the sniffling around me, me in the I mean, theater. I mean, I had a few tears drop, but my eye literally, truly had been watering all day. It wasn't because of the movie. Because I was sitting there going, you know what? I'm not going to cry about this. Yeah. I think maybe I've seen it too many times. I'm sick of the drunk guy absorbing the young talent. I'm sick of her having to um, sit back on her talent to take care of the drunk guy. I just, I just felt like, wow, I guess I've seen this. Yeah, and now times. she has to... Now, now that's going to be mentioned in every interview she does. Right. It's going to be brought up anytime for the next, man, what would you say? The next 15 years? Yeah. And especially because if you, like, here's the thing about the movie that they didn't really get into was when he did what he did at the Grammys, that would have been huge. Mm-hmm. Everybody would have been talking about it. It would have been super embarrassing. I mean, super embarrassing. And there would be memes of it. You oh, know, yeah. Oh, my God. GIFs yeah. of it. All all that stuff. 
and and she already has to to deal with that then he goes and takes himself out the game and now that's going to be all that anybody ever wants to hear about or know about for but pretty much forever because what do you think of when you think of courtney love yeah like you still think of it like oh well you know she was married to kurt cobain when he took himself out the game like what does she well know this about was it? the script was inspired by what happened to kurt cobain well yeah so so in the in the judy garland jim's miss how did he take himself out he didn't he go swimming he was drunk and yes. then didn't he yes. like do the walk into the ocean yes. and then in the 76 one chris christopherson was on a motorcycle so both of those could have been ah, accidents yeah i mean it wasn't a for sure fucking suicide this was a you know, you couldn't go, oh, maybe it was an act. And no. then that's the thing that I wouldn't, because, okay, another, th- like, yes, exactly, Ma, because it was a suicide, but he was an addict. So if he wanted to take himself out of the game, why didn't he just take more pills? Right. He right. he was an addict, and a lot of times people OD on, on drug relapses because they take what they were taking before they fell off before they got right. sober and then they go and it, and their their tolerance is all messed up and they end up taking themselves out the game. So I don't understand why he didn't just go with pills and then he he did it. Oops. He Then it could have been. Yeah, we but it was like, oh, was it an accident or was it suicide? Yeah, but oh, it's that's tragic. He had such a you know, he had such a um he had an addiction, he had a problem. Like Amy Winehouse, she drank herself to death. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Did she do it on purpose? Well, and she had gotten clean for a while. And then it was, well, did her heart just stop because it couldn't take it anymore? Yeah. But. So there's still a question there. She could have just like, that's it. I'm just, I'm just drinking. She could have. You know? I can't, I can't do this straight stuff. Yeah. And my friend, like my friend (laughs) was uh, from India and um, her father wanted to have her have an arranged marriage. And she taught for a year and told me at the end of the year, I, I tried middle class. I can't do middle class. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go for the arranged marriage. So, yeah, it's like you could reach a point where you go, you know what? I tried sober, can't do sober, going to take myself out. But he was just basically one last F you to her. Yeah, I'm taking myself out all about him and everyone's going to. Yeah, everyone's going to know that I took this wasn't an accident. I did this. Yeah. And you're going to have to deal with it forever. Yeah, exactly. So then it cuts to what looks like the Kodak theater. And I guess it's supposed to be his funeral because she comes out. No longer does she have the red pop hair. She has her natural hair color. She comes out onto stage and she introduces herself as Allie Main. And this is a song that he he had written a song and then he put it in her notebook and she had him play it and he she heard it and she liked it. And then he took himself out the game. So then she, you know, finished the song and she sings it. And when she was singing the song, I then all I could think about was, man, 
if I had a time machine, I'd take this song, I'd go back to 1992, and I'd give it to Whitney Houston, and I'd say, here, Whitney, let me just hear you sing this. Because I look, Lady Gaga is super talented, has a super fantastic voice, and she does this song. It's a ballad, fantastic. But when you're listening to it, I couldn't help but think, wow, this is trying to be there. My heart will go on. This is trying to be the I will always love you. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, man, it made me really miss Whitney Houston. And the, although I don't think that she would have been as good in the because her music style, like Lady Gaga, can she can go country. She can go pop. She can go all these different ways. She's so versatile. But just in this song, this was a Whitney Houston song. And I just really just I just really wanted to hear just how clear her that Houston, that peak Houston voice would have been for this song. And I was like, you know what? If she was singing it, I might be shedding some tears right now. Because I was just like, man, what could have been? I don't I don't know. I just didn't buy it and i've the reviews are amazing i mean rotten tomatoes who are pretty harsh they loved it they loved bradley cooper they loved lady gaga i never okay there was a there was a quote from bradley cooper that he didn't take he didn't understand how serious singing was he thought he could just get out there and sing and then he got a vocal coach and he didn't realize how hard it was to truly do a, a good job singing. I feel like Lady Gaga was was that way with acting. Like anybody can do it. You can just get in here and do it. I just didn't believe it. Oh, I did. I believed it. I liked the movie. I believed it. I just had like qualms with the things that I have qualms with are basic the fundamentals of a star is born. Right. Like when right. I when I like, oh well what was my problem with the movie? It all boils down into my problem with the story. But right. like the song that she sings at the end that he wrote is about that she's never gonna love anyone else again. Like right. he killed himself and left you a song about how you're never gonna love anyone else again. That's pretty <laughs> fucked up. It is, and it's pretty, uh, pretty much what it's the the male environment at the t- at this time. Yeah. It's all about the male, uh, you know. Yeah, you can be great, but you're never going to be as great as you truly could be without me. Yeah, just making it well. No, not not really her greatness because he knew that that she had to like he was going to be left. In the equation. Right, right. And so in his mind, he was doing it for her. Yeah. Which is like, boy, bye. Just what yeah, I that's say. the whole suicide thing. They think that they are taking the pain away, but they're just leaving the pain there for everybody else. Yeah. So it was just like, all right, whatever, Jackson, me. And the thing, like, he wasn't even that washed up. I mean, yes. That would be a tough blow to get over the whole peeing your pants. But I would just point out to who our president is now and say, look, anything is possible. 
That's true. You can come back from that. And especially if you're a rock star. Yeah. I mean, God, rock stars, it's kind of like a, a notch in your belt. Yeah, I did that and I came back. Yeah, I'm just like, hey. So, yeah, I did like the movie. I I didn't think that it dragged. I thought that it moved at a nice clip. It got, I, I, I had fun at this movie. I, I thought that the music was fantastic for a movie. I was like, wow. It really did make me believe, at least musically, oh, these people, I understand why they have the careers that they have. Okay, well, trivia. I found something when I was watching the credits. This was produced by a guy named, well, one of the producers was John Peters. Mm-hmm. Now, he co he was a, an executive co-producer of the 1976 one because at that time he was Barbara Streisand's lover. He started out being her hairdresser. Wait, is this the guy that was it, based on shampoo and he was the victim of... Wait, is he still alive? Well, he he was a producer of this. But I thought that the her hair... No, I was thinking of the other her other hairdresser. The guy that got killed by the... In the Manson murders. Oh, oh, yeah. and he was the inspiration for shampoo. Oh, okay. Ooh, who was that? That's Ooh, what I got up. confused. Now, Lady Gaga and Judy Garland were the same age when they played this role. I hope it goes better for Lady Gaga than it went for. I think it will. Judy Garland. I feel like she has. She has. I well, I don't know. This was one of the few collaborations between Warner Brothers and MGM. Interesting. I think there have only been three of them. And um, the look of the film for Bradley Cooper was inspired by a Metallica concert he saw when he was six years old. Huh. I know. Now, other people who were, who were looked Jay at... Jay Sebring... Who? Jay Sebring was an American yeah. hairstylist for the celebrities. He okay. was also one of the Manson family victims. Yeah. Well, that's a downer. Um, other people looked at to play the role opposite uh, Bradley Cooper, the alley role, were Beyonce, as we've talked about, J-Lo, Shakira, Demi Lovato, Selena Gomez, Kesha, Rihanna, Janelle Monet. But I think, uh, I mean, if you're going to, Lady Gaga, I thought was a good choice. I thought that she was, because of the, because of the angle that they went with Jackson Maine, that he was a, a rocker country guy. It went really like her ability to just do all different sorts of genres of music. Yeah. And and the fact that she built her fame on this Lady Gaga persona 
of all this yeah. makeup, all this avant-garde things of just being like, who is this? So like people don't really know who Lady Gaga really is. That that added to it because then it, it was, oh, because anybody else you would go and you'd be like, okay, well, that's Jennifer Lopez. And Jennifer Lopez right. would be too old right. to do it now. So if it was like Selena Gomez, it's like, well, I know what Selena, this is Selena Gomez. Okay. And I don't think that Selena Gomez has, I think like I enjoy some of her songs, I, but she is, she's super pop. Whereas Lady Gaga, I mean, Lady Gaga is talented as a musician. Mm-hmm. She has I got totally talent. Agree. She can write songs, you know, she knows what she is doing with that. And it was really interesting to see her stripped down from all that. Exactly. Godness. Okay, do you have any any trivia? I got a bunch of it. Um so with as regarding the music, Lucas Nelson, the son of Willie Nelson, he was approached after Bradley Cooper saw his performance at like desert trip or something and was like hey do you want to collaborate on this you know remake i'm doing and so he and his band lucas nelson and the promise of the real they were the backing band for him in the movie mm-hmm. um and he taught bradley cooper how to play guitar yeah and then for the pop songs dj shadow or DJ White Shadow was the producers. Um, Jason Isbell, he wrote that, that the song that I was talking about earlier, about maybe t- we should move up, like put the bad, the old times away. He wrote that song. So I'm like, wow, that's a really good song. I'm like, ah, Jason Isbell wrote it. No wonder. Mark Ronson was also involved in the soundtrack, along with Andrew Wyatt from the band Mike Snow. And then Diane... Warren was also involved and I thought when I laughed when I saw Diane Warren because I was like I know exactly what song Diane Warren did Mm -hmm. she did not do the last song and this I have to do more research because I still do not believe what Wikipedia is telling me what Wikipedia is like Diane Warren had nothing to according to Wikipedia Again, I heard the song, and when I saw Diane Warren, I'm like, I know, ex- I know that Diane Warren did that last song. She did not do the last song. According to Wikipedia, Diane Warren did the pop song, Why Did You Do That? Really? Yes. So this could be Wikipedia, wikipedia us all. It might cause for an update and be like, no, we had it right all along. Wikipedia peeing its pants at the Grammys. But... That was just what Wikipedia said. So, um, just to go through the rest of the Vanity Fair stuff, there's a Judy Garland homage um, in the early moments of the remake. Lady Gaga pays subtle tribute to her predecessor by humming "Somewhere Over the Rainbow." It is during yeah, this I riff read that, but I missed it that I the movie's remember. titles appear in. Klieg lights an aesthetic nod to the remakes before it. Um, let's see. We talked about the eyebrows, right? Yes. Um, 
There's also like the bathtub scene. Oh, I guess, did everyone have a bathtub scene? Well, the Streisand one did, and they had candles in Schlitz beer cans. <laughs> oh, yeah, and you were right, because the first time Cooper saw Gaga perform, she was also singing La Vienne Rose, and Cooper was so emotionally wrecked from her beautiful rendition that he put the song in the film, letting audiences initially lay eyes on Gaga the same way he did. Yeah. Um, let's see, they, they, yeah, the bath, there's no Schlitz Kansas, a note about Gaga's nose, face touching for whatever reason has become a thing in a Star is Born movies. Oh. In the, in the Cooper remake, he does the nose. Um, so... And Lady Gaga was told when she was first starting out that she should get a nose job. I'm kind of yeah, surprised. Yeah, Barbara too. Oh, yeah. Well. Um. So, oh, and that dog is, like we mentioned it. It was his dog. The ear doctor we mentioned. Um, he and Dave Chappelle are friends, so they. Got I didn't know it. that. The that's Dave Chappelle's real life daughter, as the daughter in the movie. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. That's cool. Um. Oh yeah, the head of the rehab was also an alias. Because I I thought that guy looked familiar. Oh yeah, he was. There were there were three people in it that um, had been on Alias. And did you know who Dave Chappelle's wife is? No. His wife is the daughter of Robert De Niro. I didn't know. Drena De Niro. Wow. Oh, yeah. Robert De Niro has jungle fever. Yeah, he always has. Um, let's see, the 70s, Streisand famously wore her own clothing in the 76 remake. So... I think that's the first time we saw her with that curly hair, too. Oh. So the, the, um, Aaron Benock, who was the costume for Cooper's A Star is Born, used the 70s influence for Jackson's shirts and belts. Especially the one he hung himself with. Mm-hmm. And the I thought that it was a weird wedding dress for her. I did too. Um, but that was because of it was a nod to Streisand's wedding dress in it. Well, it's a nod to my wedding dress. <laughs> oh, I look lace. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that we have class in this family now. Nothing but. <laughs> Um, so his character's backstory was partially inspired by a line in Bruce Springsteen's autobiography about how the rocker, quote, took his father's voice. Oh, yeah. Um, Cooper said that in another Vanity Fair, Vanity Fair article that growing up he wanted to be his father. Um, 
Cooper was so set on Elliot co-starring in the film that the actor trained with a vocal coach to approximate Elliot's cowboy twang before oh, okay. even approaching the actor. And then Elliot was so touched by Cooper's work that he agreed in the role. Wow. For the shaggy-haired look and rock star swagger, Cooper spent several days shadowing Pearl Jam frontman Eddie Vedder in Seattle. Certain mannerisms were inspired by dreams, like the way Cooper crushes his pills with the heels of his boot, which I thought was very unsanitary. But then I stopped and I was like, well, he is snorting some sort of heroin up to his nose, so... But the big <laughs> chunks... No, he. Good thing he took himself out because he'd have no nasal cavities. Those he didn't even get it into a fine powder. Those big chunks that were left. No. While country singers typically put hats on to perform, Cooper wanted Jackson to do the opposite, wearing his hat most of the time, except when he is on stage and at his most vulnerable. Hmm. Uh, the line just wanted to take another look at you. After dropping Allie off at her home following their first evening together, Cooper's Jackson rolls down his SUV windows and shouts, Hey, Allie turns her face back toward Jackson, and Jackson delivers the iconic line, a variation of which has been used in every A Star is Born film to bookend the central love story. Huh, didn't know that. Everyone has seen it on the trailer, though. Mm-hmm. So... There's a lot more online about it. There is. everything. I liked it. I had to say I was worried I, when I just hearing about it. So many people wanted to do it. Yes. And even it's, I understand why it's been made so many times. Because it is a good story. And it, it. It kind of it checks off all the boxes, right? And it shows you can do it generationally. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those stories that I mean, look, Dorothy Parker knew what she was talking about. I, the woman was a visionary. She left her money to Martin Luther King Jr. Visionary, and she knew that this 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 like yes, this is the story that's gonna go you can remake it and remake it and remake it and yeah. but it's also schlocky yeah and I just it like little, it gets a little messy in places yeah but it was it was a nice film I liked going to the theater to have a nice experience that didn't involve some sort of comic book character that's true. It was just a nice it was I thought it was made well. I thought it moved well. I I liked the characters in it even though you know, I find fault with them at the end. I at least liked them. The nastiest thing that Jackson says to her. I mean, other than, you know, peeing, literally peeing on the greatest <laughs> moment of her career. And then, you know, scarring her career forever. But the, other than that. Other than that, Mrs. Lincoln. Um, he, because the whole thing is about her being insecure of how pretty she is. And so he doesn't, he doesn't beat her. He doesn't raise a hand to her. He, he never yells at her. He only calls her ugly at one yeah. point. And yeah. he does smear a donut in her face. Yeah. So, I mean, as I thought that maybe 
that kind of made Jackson a little saintly because I feel like if he had such a problem that with substances that he would, you know, maybe be a little bit more violent and a little bit more like, what are you doing with this guy? Yeah. Because you kind of did see why she was with him. He just had this one glaring fault. (laughs) (laughs) It was a pretty glaring fault. It was a pretty... But then he got clean. He did get clean. There was hope. She always had hope. Yeah, and he didn't... He wasn't... Again, we mentioned he wasn't always... He wasn't pasty. He was always looking out for her and stuff. And it wasn't... He did have incredible blue eyes. Not Paul Newman eyes, but pretty darn good. Yeah, great eyes. My main man lit them things fantastically. Yeah, he did. So I thought that it looked great. I thought that it, I, I thought as a as a film, I was like, okay, I I see what this guy is going with. So that's that's a star is born. Let's see what happens in another twenty years or thirty something, forty years. But they're remaking everything way earlier. There's a new Charmed reboot, so it's going to be like in 20 years. Heck, they'll probably remake this in five. Yeah, they probably will. And they're probably already working on it now because it's, it's doing well at the box office, I hear. Yeah. It was a good combination. Bradley Cooper, Lady Gaga. Good combination. I just, I guess I was just tired of the story. Yeah, but I mean, we knew that. See, I knew that going in. Yeah. That I'm, I know what the story's going to be. So, what I guess I was more excited about well, what is the music going to be? And I got to say, it is, it is two thumbs up from <laughs> the Judy Garland one. Because that was, that was a snooze fest for yeah, me. Yeah, that was laboring, lumbering. Ooh. Ooh, and wow. from what I've heard, you know, the 76 one is yeeshuawas. They didn't, I mean, Chris Christopherson, Barbara Streisand, that was a hard sell. Yeah. And I heard that she really Streisanded it up. She did. And truth be told, he was an alcoholic. So uh, I'm sure... That, yeah, she had to deal with all that. And she, um, I'm told, can be a bit of a power diva. Well, you know, she, she, wants it, she wants it perfect, which is, yes. I mean, go for it. You don't hear that about men. You don't hear their power divas. No, do you, you know what? You do. You hear it. You're, you're hearing it with Bradley Cooper about if you're reading the profiles and the behind the scenes stuff. And, it, and with him, it's, oh, like he spent, he spent however long he spent learning to play guitar. And it's like, oh, and yeah, on one hand, it is commendable. But on the other hand, look, I'll tell you this. Literally, anyone can learn to play guitar. Literally, anyone can. Oh, no. No, you can't. <laughs> Playing guitar is really easy, Ma. It actually is really easy. And guess what? It's not like he had like a, a regular nine to five. They're cutting out 40 hours of his week so he couldn't be playing guitar. He took all that time to play guitar, learning to play guitar, learning to sing. Yeah, he put work into it. Good. But this is his profession. 
he if he wanted to make another movie after this, he was going to have to put everything into it. And he did that. And he had the luxury to do it. And he had he had built up enough cachet in the entertainment industry that he was it was all able to come together. And it is a miraculous feat making a movie. But at the same time, yeah. you know, hey, you're making movies here. Like this was his job. This is what, what he got paid to do. And a lot of money. He got paid a lot of money to do it. And yeah, Barbara Streisand wanted to have things a certain way. And that was 1976. And maybe she made some decisions based on it being the 70s. Then looking back, she was like, eh, probably shouldn't have done that. But she was Barbara Streisand. Good for her. That's right. Imagine the movie if Lady Gaga <laughs> had been in charge of it. Well, we might see that sometime. I, you know what? And I would be willing to give it a spin. Because I had read where they were talking about, you know, switching the roles up, having the woman be the the one who was declining in her stardom and, and a young guy coming up. That would be great. Mm-hmm. You know, man. And just, just, yeah, it would be. Well, we hope you've enjoyed our contemporary movie week had to do it because we have talked about it since we did the judy garland james james a star is born now next week it is october we had some of our listeners um give us an idea of doing some we don't do horror so some thriller type movies and so i am going to do a 1968 movie 1968 1968 horror but we don't do horror so we do thrillers 1968 rosemary's baby it is rosemary's baby how did you do that ah Honestly, I thought Rosemary's Baby was 1969 for some reason. It might be. But I don't know because I know we don't do horrors and it was in the 60s. And I think it's pretty close to a horror movie for us. And it's a controversial director, Ma. Is it Polanski? It is. Watch out. And Mia Farrow, who is a... She's not controversial, but her ex-husband is. I think that she's kind of controversial. I think that her I think that her kids, certain kids' allegations has made her controversial. That's true too. Because certain kids are like, she was a fantastic mother. Other kids are like, no, mm-hmm. not so much. Anybody who was a fantastic mother step forward, me a fair <laughs> no, not, not so, so fast. fast. We've got allegations here. Okay, well, that's what we're going with. All right. So there you have it. Next week. Rosemary's Baby. Oh, it's going to be so scary. It is going to be scary. You have to watch it during daylight hours. I can't watch it during daylight hours. (laughs) That's really scary. Okay, listeners. Bye-bye.